You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. You know, we got a, a lot of amazing feedback for the last couple episodes, uh, you know, especially, you know, we did the live recording from Social Media Marketing World, uh, which was one of the presentations that I gave. And then we did the kind of uh, event review episode uh, with uh, some special guests that we had on the podcast. And I uh, just wanted to say shout out to all of those that, you know, shared some feedback in our Discord, on Twitter, uh, had some uh, tags over there on uh, Instagram stories. But actually, one of the uh, the kind of things that came out of it where people, you know, really loved kind of hearing, you know, how I'm delivering uh, my presentations to the audience. And, you know, for most know that, you know, I'm a full-time, you know, keynote speaker. I, you know, pre-pandemic, I was uh, speaking at about 65 events uh, a year on a, on a you know, wide range of topics. Of course, right now, uh, the topics definitely seem to fall into either Web3 or NFTs or, you know, what role does pressing the damn button and personal branding kind of play in uh, this whole arena. And, you know, so one of the things that I, I got some feedback from is like, we would love to hear the, the Q and a or what people say to you uh, after you get off stage. And I'll just say like, you know, if there's events out there that, you know, want to bring me to an event, I would love to do like a 15 minute presentation or, and a 45 minute Q and a, or really, I would even love to make it like a prerequisite, tell people like you have to watch this YouTube video of Ryan presenting, but then he's going to do a full 60 minute Q&A with everybody in the audience. And I'm, I'm pretty good. I take pride in myself of um, bringing out a bring uh, questions out of people. And then even if someone, if I only see like one person raising their hand, I know that in the answer to that, whatever question that is, I, I need to cover things or mention things that I believe will spark people um, to additionally uh, answer questions. So with that being said, you know, the last couple of events, uh, I, I actually, when someone's asking a question that kind of, you know, either I haven't heard before or a question that kind of, uh, you know, gets me, I'm like, Oh, wow, that's an interesting take. Uh, I try myself, I try my best to kind of write them down into, uh, my notes here on my, on my iPhone. So for this episode, I want to kind of bring some of those, you know, uh, questions and, you know, I will just set the stage. One of the things that's really surprised me, um, from events, you know, I know, you know, just from surveying events that a lot of the people in the audience uh, have never bought an NFT before. Uh, maybe they're, you know, interested about NFTs. Maybe they're, you know, curious more about what NFT roles have and they come to, the, to my session. And, you know, the thing, if you would have had to ask me, you know, a couple months ago, what would be the questions people are going to be asking when I get off stage? I actually thought it was going to be things like, you know, what was the, what's, what is the first NFT I should buy or how much money should I put into my wallet, uh, to get, uh, my, to buy my first NFT or even what kind of wallet should I buy? Are there multiple different ones? But surprisingly enough, it's actually, that's actually not part of the, the questions. It's surprisingly, and I think it's also the way I frame it, right? I really try to frame NFTs 
not just in PFP projects, not just art one of one projects, not just projects that, you know, um, we kind of see trending, but I also talk about, you know, everything from, you know, NFTs being used for days off and loyalty programs and, you know, NFTs to, you know, empower a community or, uh, NFTs to kind of take your Facebook group or membership site to the next level. And so with that being said, I'm going to pull up, um, some of the questions that we've received recently. And I'll tell you, you know, I was when I was kind of looking at this for this episode and Drew and I were kind of having the conversation, you know, a lot of the questions, you know, you know, I I just love being able to talk to different industries and I'll put this out there and uh, I would love anyone to challenge me on it. Uh, You can message me on any of the social platforms. I am I social fans, the letter I social F-A-N-Z or a Z uh, at the end. But here's my challenge is. I believe every single industry, every single vertical will will benefit and, and can leverage NFTs today. And if your industry or if your vertical you believe is one that could not do that, I, I recommend you tagging me, challenging me, giving me a little context about the industry or about the, the place. And I will reply back with either a use case, an example, or I will say you are right and I was wrong. But uh, at the moment, I believe that every single industry, every single uh, group will you know, really leverage NFTs in some unique, unique ways. But so here's some of the questions that we've been receiving. So one of them is that, you know, the, the premise is often in this way, you know, since my industry isn't really into NFTs or they'll say, since my industry is f- a bun- full of a bunch of old people or since my industry is a regulated industry or since my industry is still stuck in figuring out if social media is of value. Uh, they say, you know, I want to, I, I see the power in NFTs, but I need to know where I should start because I know I need to start right away because I want to be the first one in my industry to be, you know, deploying NFTs. This question scares me a little bit, honestly, um, because not only is this space new and always, you know, moving, but if you're trying to deploy something because you believe you have to do it right away. I believe you oftentimes are going to make decisions that aren't going to be beneficial for long-term success. So I will say, you know, what I've been putting kind of, you know, the caveat of the way that I've been answering this type of question is I will say things like, okay, well, the thing that, you know, I'm curious about it, you know, are you a creator, or, you know, are you a collector of NFTs? And, and I would say majority of the time they'll say no, you know, or they'll say no, but I, you know, I know enough about them or I have a wallet because I'm into crypto or, no, but I have a Coinbase account, you know, in that context. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably, you know, maybe uh, die on this hill, but I really do believe before you create any NFT collection of any sort, you should at least collect one or two or three NFTs um, just to get an idea of like that entire experience. Because for me, the experience of like, what does it feel to mint? What does it feel to have it show up on OpenSea? How does that all go down? A lot of that is really required to understand the nuances of, of this space. But I will say I don't try to default to that kind of opting out of the question. But what I will tell them is like, I believe the first place you should start is you should start, you know, kind of looking at other examples of NFTs that you think might relate or connect uh, to what your industry example is. You know, for example, you know, I remember uh, one of the, the companies coming up to me afterwards and saying that they, they specialize in exotic plants. 
And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know that was even a thing. And they were like, yeah, we, they plant, uh, they have exotic plants uh, overseas in different places and uh, people, you know, pay them to uh, take those plants from wherever they're at and bring them to their house or the location. And, and people are reserving these plants ahead of time. And these are, you know, trees and plants and things outside the house. And they were like, it's a very much word of mouth, uh, you know, rewards based, um, you know, uh, experience and industry. And I was like, oh, okay, now, now that's a, that's a great example. And, and so I, what I always kind of say from a start perspective is like, okay, let's find other NFTs that are right now are be, being deployed in a way that is either a high ticket item or in not a high frequency of items. And then I ask things like, okay, what would be the utility of the NFT for like, for me holding the NFT, what would I get? And I will tell you, usually what happens at the end of this question is people go, wow, I think I realized that there's a lot more things that I need to iron out and I probably do need to collect an NFT before I go any further. So that's kind of where that usually goes. The next question that we've been getting actually a lot more recently was really around this idea of like, how is corporate culture or enterprise culture or businesses, you know, kind of being looked at in this NFT space? And, you know, even got one uh, this week where someone said, should I just you know, launch it as if it's a project, even though it's going to be attached to my business. And I think that's coming from the idea that, you know, we understand that a lot of brands have come in here and not favored very well. And even, you know, athletes and celebrities, for the most part, there's been a lot of, um, you know, things that just haven't been done exactly right by brands or by um, some of those that carry the kind of like that heavy weight um, into the space. And I think I'm pretty sure that's where that question is kind of uh, coming from. But I think in a, in a bigger picture of this, I actually love that that question is being asked because we know that, you know, NFTs as a whole, um, you know, there is a kind of a subculture, um, you know, a crypto culture arena around um, NFTs. And it, it is important to not come in and just say, you know, GM, GM, everybody, or, um, you know, all of a sudden have a Twitter account and, and you know, the next day say I'm launching uh, you know, the first time you use a hashtag, you know, I'm launching an NFT collection, right? With that, it, and here's here's where I I believe the the goal of this uh, answer to this question should be is that we need to do everything in our power to not make something appear, even if it isn't, as a money grab. And so, oftentimes, it'll feel as like the haves are coming to monetize and take advantage of the have-nots. So actually, one of my, you know, one of the things I advise and recommend is, you know, if you are launching a collection from a brand or a business or a corporate side of the house, you know, either knowing that you're going to focus on your existing client base and educating them as your first clients or doing a way where you're going to give away a certain amount of NFTs to start out. Right. So if you want to, you know, create a, a fairly large collection, why not do a way of saying like everyone who buys this or everyone that's bought this over the last you know 30 days, they're going to go into a raffle to be able to, um, you know, 500 of you will be able to mint this NFT for free. Because what that does is it takes away that pe- those people's, uh, you know, kind of hesitation of like, oh my goodness, they're in it for a money grab. And the other thing that that does is it gives you now a chance to kind of test out your messaging with the first 500 people that got your NFT for free. The last part of that is what it does, and, and this is what I, I will stress, is that please, please, please do not airdrop or give an NFT for free that has no value. 
Nobody is looking for a brand or a corporate entity to give them a participation trophy. And that is what it will feel like. And I feel like every brand or business or even regular collection that is airdropping a useless NFT actually does more harm to the industry and to the users than they do good. And that utility can be basic. It can be, hey, those who have this one get one free access into this. Or anyone who has that utility will be able to you know, mint first in the next collection and will be able to join this Zoom call on video. Whatever it may be, there needs to be something connected to the fact that if you are holding this, you'd get this, right? Like if this, then that, right? That's how you have to think about this. And in some cases, it should be a couple of things, right? If this, then that, and that, and that. But that would be the, the way that I would kind of uh, uh, tackle that one. The next one says, um, you know, I, I've been getting this question a lot on saying like, Brian, I love your examples of NFTs being used within businesses, um, being used within uh, kind of a B2B uh, experience. But why aren't they hearing uh, about those type of NFTs outside of an NFT conference? And I just think the answer to that is, I think a lot of you know, B2B events, B2B conferences, and even B2B brands haven't found the people that they should be, you know, hiring or working with that can ultimately provide, you know, the kind of, of context support to actually implement this, right? Because a lot of, a lot of the agencies that are supporting uh, brand or corporate or B2B, um, you know, uh, marketing, they're, I, I, I believe a lot of them, if not all of them, most of them are are not truly, uh, you know, adapted to what the NFT culture looks like. Now, I will say, we've been recently hired by a couple agencies that said, "Hey, we have this client that we've been working with for many years, and they want to launch an NFT project, or they have an NFT project in the works, and we'd love to bring you in, uh, you know, to consult or to educate or to advise." And, and, and I, of course, love you know that, those opportunities, but I, I still feel like you know part of this is because we're early. And then there's the other part of this is that you know there is crypto, there is risk. Um, we've also seen you know so many brands, even B2, you know large B 2 C brands like Bud Light, um, kind of missed the mark when they did um, their NFT drop. And so I think there's definitely hesitation, but that's also just a reminder to everybody listening um, that we are early. We are really, really you know damn early. The next question that I that I've been getting a lot is, um, you know, how the hell are you doing a daily podcast? And uh, I usually laugh, and they are like, you know, is usually with like a compliment about that concept. And I tell them that, you know, when we started, of course, you know, we didn't, you know, we were like, okay, we're going to take this on. But as it's kind of grown and kind of taken on on a world of its own, and that's thanks to so many of you that listen and share it out on your 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 social, you know, those that want to, you know, if you're looking to help the the podcast or support the podcast, you know, we'd love for you to share it out on your, you know, your favorite social network and, you know, make sure you tag us as well so we can comment and share it and, and thank you for doing that. Um, but I, we also talk about the team, right? For me, the team is, is, is a big piece of this, right? I, I know now for sure there would be no way for me to do a daily podcast that also includes a daily blog, a daily video on YouTube, it also includes a very hyperactive Discord, and I say hyperactive as a positive thing, as well as the fact I'm buying an NFT every single day. There is no way I would not be able to do that with a team. And honestly, I don't believe I would even be able to do that with two people um, as we, what we kind of started. And, you know, I do all of the, you know, I, I from my editing, like I, I, there are some variables that I still control because that's just who I am. And, you know, I'm actually recording this one in a hotel room right now because I am on the road. 
and that's just another example, right? Like as I'm, you know, speaking at more events, my, my ability to have to be able to, you know, you know, record podcasts on the road and, and even sometimes record ahead of time, which I haven't done a lot lately, uh, just mainly because a lot of these topics are timely and this space does change a lot, but, um, it's definitely without question the team, it's the team aspect, right? The next question I get, uh, fairly often is Brian, you're buying an NFT every single day. Like that is the coolest project ever. Like, how are you finding NFTs and, and how much does all of that cost? Right. It's, it, there definitely is something about that. And I usually just, you know, kind of set the stage on selling them about like, okay, this is, you know, the parameters that we put in place for this NFT collection, right? We are, we're buying one in the mint phase. We minted across 10 um, blockchains and, and that to me, you know, kind of setting that arena. And then I also explain, you know, when we launched the podcast uh, and the buying an NFT every day, you know, when, you know, Drew and I were sitting on the train, we were, we were, we were estimating what would it cost, you know, at 365 days of doing this. And I think we were ballparking, you know, at the time, a lot of mints kind of ranged between $200 US and $380. That's kind of, we were kind of like, okay, it's about 200 to 380. And we know that there'll be some exceptions to that where we will you know have to mint a little bit higher. Um, and then we also knew like things like Solana, sometimes we could mint one for $98 or $100 or even like the Matrix NFT that we bought, which was uh, exactly $100. But I will tell you the the trend that started kind of around Christmas and, and it just kind of continued on is that a lot of projects are minting at a much higher cost to get in. And with the emergence of whitelists, and then if you're not on the whitelist, a project's selling out. And we're then having to buy it, you know, kind of uh, on secondary pre-reveal at a premium. Sometimes, you know, a project that's minting at 0.09 Ethereum, um, when it mints out faster than I can get it, and then I have to buy it on OpenSea right away, you know, that'll often cost me 0.1, 0.2, 0.3, 0.4 Ethereum to purchase it. And so we are definitely, I would say the average is much higher than we kind of ballparked. But the the beauty of that is I also think that adds to the the culture and the vibe and and how do we you know we don't know that you know maybe the next month the the trend kind of goes the other way and people realize that maybe we'll mint for a lower price but um, I'm, I'm I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna predict that one very much I know how money works and I know how people see that oh this project sold out at you know point one or point three or whatever that may be and uh, I believe the the highest um, we've paid for an NFT I believe. I know, I know we've minted multiple at 0.3 Ethereum. I do believe we minted one at 0.7 Ethereum. I'd have, I'm going to have to go back and I'll verify that and, and confirm that on a future episode. But that's one of the questions we get as well. Uh, the next question that we get kind of off stage side of the stage um, when I'm speaking is, you know, the, the, you know, the fun question of, well, Brian, you're buying all these NFTs. Like, what's your favorite NFT? Or they'll say, like, what's the best NFT that you've minted uh, for the collection? And I, I I love this question just because, for me, I think the easy way to answer this, and and you might be able to tell just even by this podcast episode, for me, answering questions side of stage out of outside of stage, is not really it's not for me about the Q and A, it's actually more about the idea that this person, you know, I have their attention, they have my attention. And I need not to convince them to see the light, but I need to like read and understand like w- when they're asking that is that are they asking it you know solely for the question or is there something they're not saying like almost reading what they're not saying? And I think a lot of times 
people ask that because they want to go see if they can buy that same project, right? I've, I've heard people say that like, oh, well, well, can I jump in that one then? And, you know, oftentimes, uh, depending on the project, you know, sometimes the floor price is out of control. And I would say probably not. Not That's probably not a, one, a good one to jump into. Um, but I, I, I also, you know, kind of connect the dots that I tell them that, you know, I, in many of the projects that I've, you know, that I am now, I would say was my, are my favorites. Um, they weren't my favorite when I minted them. Like they weren't like, oh my gosh, this project is the project. Uh, you know, the community, the utility, the, um, energy, the art, um, eventually either grew on me or I came, you know, uh, you know, kind of fell in love with it. And, and I openly admit I have, uh, an emotional attachment to a lot of, uh, the art and the NFTs. Cause I, I often try to work to find one that represents me that I feel like, um, no matter what the art or the background, you know, if it's a female, if it's a male, if it's a robot, if it's an animal, um, one that kind of connects with me deeper. But, you know, I think when someone asks like, you know, what is, you know, my, my the NFT that I think I'm bullish on the most, um, is psychedelics anonymous, which is a project that I, I minted from, uh, the beginning back in, uh, I believe it was the first week of November when they, uh, originally minted. And I just believe they're, they're building a really cool, uh, and unique, uh, culture to, uh, the project and, and what they have going on. Um, and then I also throw in ones that, you know, like crypto chicks is also, of course, um, uh, a project that I love. I think a lot of that has to do with just being able to interview M, um, here on the podcast and then kind of going on the journey that, that she's gone through, um, as well with Maddie and, and that team. And I also love that there's some of the listeners here on the podcast that, um, became fans of crypto chicks because they listened to it and now are appointed to, um, the social council or the council of that project. Like, I just really love, um, that aspect. And then the last one I always throw out there from a standpoint of just, you know, projects that I just have a, you know, a connection with and that I always just really been a, a fan of, um, you know, from the start is, you know, is the, just the fact that, you know, I like projects that I just believe in, you know, the founders and it doesn't matter to me, uh, you know, any of the other pieces of that, and I would definitely be, you know, the meta whips from, uh, West coast customs and, you know, it's a project that's still in the mint phase. You can mint one uh, still to this day. Um, we had them on the podcast. I just believe they're doing everything right. Um, they they also you know gave me a one my first one of one, which is my Jeep Wrangler as an NFT. But I I just look at that project as like the example of you know it kind of goes twofold. Even if you're doing everything right, which I re- I believe they are. Um, it's not sold out. It hasn't all of a sudden blown up. And and for many cases, that's still surprising to me. But also their commitment to still deliver and still be active in this community and still want this project to succeed even just makes me a little bit more bullish on that. So I, I throw that out there. All right, we have two more. Um, the the other questions we've been getting is uh, I jumped into NFTs and I bought and they, they'll usually put like the name of it. And they're like, I found out later it was a rug pull. And they're like, did you get into this one too? And like, how do you deal with rug pulls? That's usually one. And I will say, much like the word uh, alpha, which I talked about in yesterday's episode, the word rug pull is so is thrown around and used in examples that is like every everything is a rug pull, right? A project that all of a sudden the floor price dips, you know, half as much as it was a month ago. People are like, oh, that's a rug pull. A project that you know you know never actually reveals the art. People call that a rug pull. Uh, a project that minted four months ago and was building and building and building and then slowly went silent and silent and silent and then refer to that as a rug pull. And I, and I, and I often kind of try to avoid um, just kind of jumping into that answer because 
you know, for me, the, the true rug pull is the idea that you are, you know, it is done, you know, either with malicious intent or the, the intent of never actually delivering anything. Like they are really pulling the rug out for people. And that could happen on the day of mint. It could happen the day of reveal. It could happen the early couple weeks. But if a project's been around for a while and then they kind of start to give up on the project, I don't think of that as much as a rug pull. I just, you know, we could call it a, a, a slow rug. <laughs> um, but I think that is a big sign of a lot of projects don't have business plans. A lot of projects don't understand how to really foster a community or hire the right people, you know, in their teams. Um, and then if a project, you know, if the, if the price is dipping and people, you know, aren't as active or interested in the project, you know, that's just kind of human nature in many ways, right? I don't look at that as like kind of that same piece. And then the other thing I will say is that every single time that someone says that, and I, and I recommend this for everyone is I always say, well, don't worry, you're not alone. I've bought into a rug pull or more than one rug pull myself, because that is something that is essential, right? We, we need to make sure that people do not feel as though they are alone or they were, you know, an idiot for buying squiggles or whatever, you know, that project might be. Um, but you know, we've, we can all be duped and sometimes, we're duped because we just saw something on Instagram on, you know, that ridiculous at NFT account that Mark Cuban was financing and um, didn't believe that, oh, if, if this is a, the best account on, or the most followed account on Instagram, you know, apparently they know what they're, they're doing. And, and we all know that, you know, the story on that is, no, they were just getting paid ridiculous amounts of money to hawk and promote everything and anything under the sun. Um, with really no care about what the results of that pro- those projects were. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of people kind of feel that way. And so uh, I usually kind of put that in there. And then the last thing I always tell people is like, just be aware of like where you're getting your information from, right? If that 19-year-old kid in his parents' basement is doing TikToks and telling you, this is the project that is going to make you a millionaire, like, let's put on context. Like, if he knew the project was going to make a millionaire, he probably wouldn't be living in his parents' basement and doing random, you know, 500 TikToks a day. Just going to put that out there. So I think that's an important uh, piece to kind of cover off on as well. And then the last, you know, one I would say uh, from a standpoint of um, the idea of, the, you know, the questions people ask, it really comes down to the wallet conversation. You know, and it's more like, well, Brian, I don't really know what NFT I want, but should I get a wallet first? Or they'll say, Brian, hey, do I need to get a wallet to get some of that ADHD coin? Like, I want to support you. Um, or even they'll say, like, hey, I have uh, this event got me an NFT, or I went to a a, a Steelers uh, football game and they said they got me an NFT, but like, where do I find it? <laughs> right? Like, that was always like, what wallet is it in? And I think the the beauty of that question and the reason I made that one the last one of this episode, uh, just kind of covering that, is that it is a reminder and it is proof. And it is also something that we have to not take for granted that a lot of the mechanics around, you know, participation in this space are not things that most people have done or are doing. Even people that have bought crypto, a lot of them simply did it on Robinhood app, right? And um, I won't get into Robinhood app and, and the nuances there, but let's just fa- say it that Robinhood app doesn't make it easy to buy or doesn't make it possible for you to take that what you crypto you've bought and turn it into buying NFTs on the, on the main net with other projects. Right. Or people will say like, I signed up for Coinbase because someone told me to buy, you know, Dogecoin because, you know, Elon Musk was pumping it or whatever it may be. 
And I, and I really think of this as like, you know, this is where I usually go with the answer to this question is I always say, well, I'm not going to like pump my own bags or, or promote my own thing, but I'm just going to tell you that we have a lot of great episodes on our podcast that walk through, you know, what are the, what, what is the things that you need to get started in NFTs? What are, what are the, ba- you know, what are the different wallets? What are the exchange? How do you protect yourself? You know, what is the security realm? Uh, and I, you know, I, I really do take pride of that here on the podcast that we do try to cover a lot of those uh, nuances and we're going to continue to do it. There'll be future episodes where we're going to go, you know, deeper into, you know, hardware wallets. Like O'Brien, oh, if I have all, if everything's on my hardware wallet and I lose my hardware wallet, like what happens then? And the answer is, you know, as long as you have your seed phrase, you're okay. And we'll kind of cover that in the future. But um, you know, th- those are the kind of the questions that we get. I will say, you know, kind of what I kicked off with is I, I have been, you know, pleasantly surprised or may not even pleasantly because I don't think it was a bad thing or a good thing, but you know there are a majority of people when they see or think about NFTs and they get that aha moment in the audience when I'm speaking on stages. Their first place they want to play is creating their own collection. I will say the people that are following me on Twitter Spaces or listening to me on on this podcast and and most people that are uh, you know in our Discord that jump over and say hey I found you in the podcast a majority of them are actually saying like, what's the first NFT I should buy? Or, you know, Brian, what's the best website to find upcoming NFTs? And so I don't really know directly what that nuance is. Like, what is that difference between someone kind of, you know, feel maybe, and, you know, and it could be even that people don't know the questions to ask as a collector since they've never been a collector, but they have been a creator of content, creator of products, creator of services. And so maybe it's easier to ask questions uh, post event or even when I'm on stage um, about, you know, it from that perspective or that viewpoint, but um, definitely something just to kind of factor in. And, and I'll, I'll be sharing more, um, you know, in our discord for sure. Um, after I get done for events, I think we're going to take a little, we're, we're, we're already talking about ways that, you know, I want to be able to record some of the Q and a that we have so we can share it back with everyone. Cause I do believe, you know, knowing what questions others are asking um, also either they ask the questions you want to ask or my favorite thing is they ask questions that I didn't know should be asked. And then once I hear them answered, it kind of helps me out uh, along the way. And so I, I do want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for, you know, listening to the podcast. Thank you for, you know, kind of coming on us, you know, on this journey with us. I will say I would love for you to hit subscribe. It doesn't matter what app you're listening to this on. Um, it could be any of the apps. I think there's 84 apps total that are, are currently at the moment um, part of the podcast ecosystem. But uh, whichever app you are, you know, listening to, please hit that subscribe button so you don't miss, you know, any of our our future episodes, and that will be uh, much appreciated. And until tomorrow, my friends, make it a great day. Cheers. Bye.